Welcome to Curva Mundial. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Curva Mundial. I am your host, Sal Bono. On today's show, we have someone who is changing his community and the hearts and minds of those around him. He is the founder of Proud Terriers, Huddersfield Town's LGBTQ plus supporters group. Please welcome to the show, Huddersfield Town supporter, Ryan Mather. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hello, thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm really excited to be sharing the journey that I've been on and and the work that I do. Uh, It means a lot to me, so it's great to be on the show. Thank you so much. Um, And we're happy to have you. I'm happy to have you. I'm happy to hear about your journey. You know, because there's so much discussion about how football is for everyone. So let's hear from everyone. Uh, There's so much to unpack uh, and discuss today. But my first question right off the bat is, how did your fandom with Huddersfield Town come about? So I was I, I was um, brought up in Huddersfield, so I was I was, I was born here, um, and I remember my dad taking to my my first ever game when I was younger, um, and I've I've come from a you know I'm from a really um, strong football family, so I was kind of brought up in it as well, um, and my love for the club is just you know kind of just gone on as I've got older really and and yeah I've, uh, the rest is history if you could say so but yeah I'm always you know I always believe in supporting your local team and I've always stuck to just one team and and Huddersfield will always be the team for me really. I love it it also sounds so much prettier when you say it uh with your accent than how I say it with my like terrible New York accent Huddersfield town and you're just, it just sounds very Shakespearean from coming from you uh it sounds so much more proper uh so you know the club is based in west yorkshire tell us about tell us about that area and take us there on a audio tour if you will for those of us who have never been there or heard of it before um it's very hard to uh, explain uh, what it's like really but it's kind of a really you know lots of countryside uh, um around here you know you you know you go onto the top and it's really nice you know really um you know mostly flat you know and and, and it's and it's a really well i think it's a really nice um, little town that we've got going and, and you know and, and it's i probably haven't set the scene as well as maybe i'd like but uh, <laughs> it's very hard to describe the place that you come from you know but um, all i can say is we've got some fantastic countryside um um and and you know that the town as a whole, I really, I really am, you know, proud to be from here. And so, yeah, I love it. Great. You know, what we see in, especially second division English sides is the town, the team is so incorporated into the town that they're from. How does this team fit into your town? Yeah, I think that our, you know, our, you know, the football club has always been that working class football club. You know, and we, you know, we in Huddersfield, obviously, uh, you know, are all working class. So it kind of fits in that way, really. There, there, I don't know if you watched that uh, wonderful Netflix series, uh, Sunderland Till I Die, where that t- working class town, I mean, I don't need to explain Sunderland to you, yeah. uh, but uh, just explaining it to those who may not have seen it. You know, it's a it's a team that is 
the the town basically lives and breeds this team and their success is the town's success and vice versa just you know want to get that sense that and i get that sense coming from you already that this is a similar circumstance yeah definitely i think that you know um as a town we absolutely love football it's really football in town um, and it's very much community-based town as well you know I, i feel like you know linking it to the football club the football club do a lot in the community uh, with the Huddersfield Town Foundation, who do amazing, you know, charity work, um, and you can, you know, we we really have got that sense of that community feeling around the town and and in, in general. So it's really, you know, really positive and nice to be in a town that has that really, you know, that all that connected togetherness. Uh, again, you know, togetherness within the club and togetherness within the whole of the community in Huddersfield. For sure, you know, supporting a team that's in the second side second tier of English football is I kind of equate it to finding like an indie rock or a punk rock band that just hasn't have the chops yet to play Wembley stadium Um, or like a big arena. You know, they, they're so, they belong to the fans so much more than say, you know, an arena rock band or, you know, a big massive music star. So what's it like supporting a club that doesn't get the exposure of a Premier League side, say like Liverpool or Chelsea or Manchester United? Yeah, I, I think that, to be honest with you, I've not really, I, I, don't, I don't particularly know how it feels to be one of these big teams, uh, you know, supporting one of these big teams. Uh, but what I do know within our football club is that, you know, it, it, it's just nice to have that, you know, then, then, you know, we've got a small, you know, community, you know, obviously that, you know, the regulars that go to football, you'll see them every week, you know, you, you build bonds with people that you sit around at the football and, and we, it's just nice to have that feeling. So I wouldn't change it any other way. Um, I, I really like um, what, we, what we've got going on and I wouldn't really want to be supporting one of these bigger teams, if you could say so, because for me, the feel of what it you know feels like to be a town fan um, is just right, you know, and it, and, it, and it's just really um, yeah. I, I I just wouldn't change it, you know. I just think it's it's just a nice feeling that I wouldn't want to be one of these bigger teams, really. Okay, tiny but mighty. I like that. Yeah, I mean, I suppose <laughs> tiny isn't the work really because like our attendance has probably ranged from fifteen thousand to twenty. Uh, wow. You know, Kind of attendances so but it is small in comparison to the teams that we're talking about here with the likes of you know arsenal chelsea man united but like places like that really so it is fairly small really isn't it yeah but you know twenty thousand people that's it's a great size i mean that's a uh you know in 1992 the club was on the brink of extinction uh do you know what happened and how did it affect the area um, I have read history about this, but obviously I wasn't around at the time, so I wasn't uh, exactly um, um, full, you know, I, I, I can't tell you the full details, but I know that um, I, I think a, a local uh, businessman came in um, and really saved us from the brink, really. Um, and, you know, the rest is history, but um, yeah, um, unfortunately, I wasn't there to witness that, so I can't really tell you the full story other than read, reading back. And you know, if, if you know, my memory isn't that great as it is, so, um, <laughs> um, so, so, so yeah, I can't tell you that, but I do know that obviously it was very lucky, you know, and um, 
we we got we did get saved at, at the very you know pretty much the last minute um which was very lucky and, and you know very fortunate to still have the club running today so that moment um i think i can imagine that it really did open people's eyes you know it really did you know it, you know you know when you just i suppose we take our football team that we follow for granted really because you know until you're in that moment of wow you know we could potentially you know not have a football club here it kind of you know takes you aback a bit doesn't it and um, i think that's probably what it did to the town as a whole but uh, i think it made us more appreciative about the club that we follow maybe as well but yeah um, very I, I answered that the best way I could, but you no, know, for but... sure. No, it's wonderful. I, you know, I, I tend to forget that there are people that are younger than me. <laughs> I just think everyone's my age, even if you're older than me. Yeah, you're my. Um, but what's interesting though is, is that that as, it's all that you had just said was that you know that club was on the brink of extinction. I just it reminded me of recently in Italy, and Palermo was on the brink of extinction. It was the same thing. It's been saved. It's it's. A conglomerate now they're in the fourth division you know they went from playing in champions league a decade ago to now being in fourth division of italian soccer so it is or just over a decade ago they were in champions league but um but it is interesting though because the fans had this exact same reaction it kind of makes this it shows you how universal the sport is you know this happened in huddersfield in 92 whereas this was going on in sicily and you know between 2015 and 2018 2019 so you know that the fans had just they they didn't despair they just rallied around the troops and it's funny to hear the similar stories and similar reactions um but you know one thing that you're doing is you're taking your club and fandom and putting it into action you're moving the needle forward for you know, the next generation and the generation now, you know, you formed Proud Terriers, the LGBTQ plus supporters group. What brought this about? So, yeah, basically, um, as I was obviously growing up and obviously following football for as long as I did, um, I I obviously came to, t- you know, I, always, I also kind of, you know, began to realise that I was openly gay. Um, and I started to realise things on the terraces that was making me feel really uncomfortable. And I kind of had that really you know, that negative feeling towards the atmosphere as well, you know, I just felt like I was, I didn't fit in. I felt like because I was kind of different, I didn't fit in. Um, and I kind of really saw the big issue that that football had with, you know, homophobia in football. And basically I, I wanted to set, I knew I wanted to set something up around fighting this kind of, you know, you know, fighting this challenge that we, we face today and keep pushing towards, um, you know, football for everybody kind of slogan that we use on our social media but I never knew how to do it um, now like I say as I, as I was growing up um, obviously I was on social media and and I saw other LGBTQ plus fan groups going um, and that inspired me to start my own because I thought you know I see that the work that these people do you know you know every you know like at Chelsea and Man City and Liverpool you know and it wanted made me want to do that because I wanted to really make a difference and not just sit back and let this happen, really. Because if I was feeling like this, you know, I, I'm sure that there'd be other people that would feel like that as well. And I wanted to to create something that could, you know, offer that safe space and really raise awareness and fight for change. And um, 
Yeah, so I, I basically, you know, set up a Twitter page. That's how I set it up. Um, and, uh-huh. and, it, and it was just me. Um, no one else at the back of me, by the way. Um, and yeah, the rest is history, you could say. So it's been a pretty incredible journey. But uh, from that moment, I set the Twitter page up. The, uh, you know, the club itself was so supportive of what I was doing from day one, really. I, I really am grateful for that. Um, and they really do, they really have, you know, helped us along the way and really, you know, promoted us, you know, through their social media, through the match day programs, things. So, yeah, that's pretty much how I began this journey. And, and, and yeah, <laughs> it's surreal, really. That's amazing, you know, that especially to get the warm embrace from the team that you love. Did it make you fall in love with them even more? Um, I think that it, um, actually, I think that's really happened because I actually, I've always really loved the club. So I don't think I could love them any more than I do <laughs> before this moment. But it made me really appreciative and really, you know, wow, you know, the club that I've supported all my life here is actually supporting what I'm doing here. And, and, and it just meant a lot to me inside, you know, and, um, and yeah, um, it's just surreal. Um, it really it really meant a lot to me and, and I really appreciate the people like I said we've got you know contacts within the club um, at the supporter services specifically um, and Andy Booth um, is on the on on the supporter service I don't know if you know much about Andy Booth but he's a club legend um, and to, to to have someone like him you know you know stand up and say you know what I support what you do was just incredible um, and, and it just really, it, it was kind of surreal, really, you know, at first when we began this journey, this partnership with the club. That was actually, you know, you know, meeting, you know, we had various meetings and things like that with the club, you know, to see where wow. we could forward. And I was actually, you know, and to actually have that close connection with someone like Andy Booth, um, someone who I idolised growing up, by the way. It was just pretty much, yeah, wow, what is happening here kind of thing. Wow. I mean, you know, there is... There's something to be said about that so much because we, it homophobia in this game is rampant. Racism in this game is rampant. And, you know, the governing body of British football, the FA, and the governing body of world soccer, FIFA, in my opinion, don't do enough to combat this. And, and this is, and it's a plague that continues to spread and they're not doing enough. The pe- so the people taking action, you, and the fans, you know, what is it like now to have, to be able to now march proudly and say like, no, we're not tolerating this. And then having other allies come join you. Yeah. I, like I echo the thoughts that you just said then, by the way, about the governing bodies doing more, because you know what, they could do so much more than they're doing. And I feel like, you know, it's as if they don't take it seriously enough. Now mm-hmm. we just quickly going on about the um, FA, our you know our main governing body over here. Um, it didn't really help that we had someone um, as chairman who had the views that he did. I don't know if you saw over there um, what he actually came out and said. You know, he said some really offensive things, really, really sexist, homophobic oh, no. things um, in a press conference or something. I'm not sure what it was for. I, I can't really remember, but I know that. That, didn't, that doesn't really help having someone like that on the board. Thankfully, he's not there anymore. So, you know, we can push forward with this. Um, 
but yeah, um, that didn't help us in England. How you know, and that's why it's you know, we need somebody that really is passionate about it and really wants to you know put it at the top of their agenda, which it should be because it is a big problem in football. Like I say, you know, in England, we you know we're pretty much hearing incident you know incidents every week now, unfortunately. Um, you know, in terms of homophobia, you know, and, and you, you know, there is things that is happening to, you know, like it is t- being taken more seriously by the, you know, the police and things like that and, and, and things like that. But it, it, things need to be in place. It, things need to be in place to, to protect people like us, really. And, uh, and I don't feel like it is. Um, but moving on to the um, allyship, I think that it, yeah, it is absolutely crucial to, have so many powerful allies, allies come out in support. You know, recently, you know, um, the likes of Jordan Henderson, you know, a high-profile footballer at um, yeah. Liverpool coming out and show, and actually standing up and saying, look, I support this community and I will proudly wear that, you know, rainbow armband and proudly promote this kind of message, you know, and it makes a massive difference, you know. This is, this is the, the, the it, never underestimate the power of an ally, you know, and we recently had a documentary over here on Channel 4, actually, about, you know, called Football's Coming Out, and it kind of really went into the details about, you know, of the issues that, you know, football faces and, and you know, and how maybe the media would portray it and how, things, you know, it was really interesting, actually. Uh, and, and to hear, again, more allies, you know, um, you know, Patrick Bamford, you know, uh, Lescott, um, and players like that, high-profile people that are coming out in support. So... It is very much important and, and, and that's why it's important to keep, you know, being able to have more and more allies to, to, to push for, for change, really. But yeah, uh, the issue is, is that, you know, right now, obviously, there's no openly gay footballers in the UK uh, and it really is, it really is a big issue. Um, but until that environment is safe to do so, um, we aren't really going to see any progress with that. And but it is really sad that, you know, there has been footballers that have retired and then ha- and then come out. And it's like, it's so sad that they couldn't be their true authentic self whilst, right. was, you know? You, you, you just took, that was my next question. You know, the, the, it seemed to be like an earth shattering moment in the fall when an Australian soccer player came out, an active player in Australia um, who plays the Socceroos on the national level. Um, and the world rallied behind him and it was a beautiful thing, but, you know, there were players here in America that after they hung it up, hung up their boots, they, they disclosed their sexuality. And it was, you know, it's, as you said, it's, it's much more impactful doing it as, as a player, but obviously there has to be a comfort level for the player. Neither you and I are not players. We don't know what's going on. Um, you know, in locker rooms or the pressures around them, you know, they're human beings too. But, you know, do you find it that now is is that watershed moment where we could see more and more players, you know, disclosing their sexuality? I think, you know, and it definitely, like, like I say, it definitely helps the likes of Josh coming out and, and you know, and really being that powerful ally, you know, still playing and, and, and being that powerful ally because, that I, I think that if we see you know one player come out here in England, I think it will make a few others may be able to come out. So it's that spiral effect, if you could say so. That kind of moment can 
can kind of touch with somebody and say, look, I'm going to actually, I'm going, I, I feel like I'm able to come out now. This person's made me feel comfortable by being his true self. So I, I think that that um, definitely is something that is really powerful. Um, in terms of where we're at, in terms of, you know, in England, I can only really speak about in England because um, I, I do kind of watch other, you know, other countries play football, but it's mostly on telly, so I can't really experience that, you know, that feel. But um, in England, I feel like we 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 kind of still have have a bit of a way to go, you know. I think because I, I think as players and fans, we'll feel the same things in a way. This kind of comparisons, and I still feel, you know, you know, like I say. Me being on the terraces week in, week out, being a regular at football matches, home and away, um, I don't think that we are, you know, close yet. But I could be wrong and I'd, be loved, I'd love to be proved wrong because it only takes that one person to, to do that and, and it'll, it'll be really powerful within, you know, the English game, I think. Um, yeah. But it's, it's a challenge, but, you know... We just have to create that right environment for, for players to be able to come out, you know. And at the moment, I feel like I don't necessarily think that it is. I think that it's very, you know, hyped up in the media as well, which doesn't help, you know. The, the, the media can be quite toxic, you know. Um, and I don't think that helps, you know, players, you know, because you, know, you know the media attention that will happen when the, that first player does come out eventually. Um so yeah, but we're getting, we're slowly getting there. We are making progress. I just feel maybe I would like to, I would like to say that we could, we could be sitting here, you know, in the next few years and actually, actually say, you know, that one person has taken that moment to, to come out and, and be that role model for, for, for somebody, you know, that's growing up, you know, unsure about the sexuality. So yeah, I'm very hopeful. The time scale, I'm not sure at this moment. Right. Well, I wish we could have that conversation. I do. And I invite you back on and let, you know, and hopefully, you know, the it's much more positive. Um, you know, the when was Proud Terriers formed and how many people are in the organization now? We formed, um, I set up the group in October 2017. Um, now, it's, it's it's obviously been going for a few years now and um, we we do have uh, 356 members on our Facebook page um, and then I've got kind of a small team that I work with you know behind the scenes in terms of social media you know what ideas do we have you know really work closely within the group if that makes sense so I've got a nice little community going you know I've got a co-chair and things like that so I've I've got members, but I've I've got that small team that is really important to to, to um you know to really um push for that change that we're all wanting. If that makes sense, it's kind of important to have both sides. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, we, we we have got you know we have, we're nearly at two thousand followers on Twitter as well. So uh, we've got support there for sure, um, and we're growing every day. So um, it, it means a lot, really. But yeah, that's. That's how how many of us there are really, and you know, like I said, the, the, the fans have been absolutely amazing with, with, with us really. You know, from me, you know, 
we've got our own um, merchandise as well, which is a nice little introduction to who we are. You know, we've got some various things that people can, you know, wear and, and, and show their support, really. And that makes a massive difference as well, by the way. I think that fans have a big part to play in this. And again, fans are allies. So, you know, if they, if they, if they stand up and say, you know, I support what you're doing, they're allies as well. They may not be in the public eye, but they're still allies for, for, for us, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, where can fans get that merchandise? And do you ship to America? Because I want one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So at the moment, we don't have a shop that we have, unfortunately. I'm not that advanced in the technology stages of how to do that yet. But um, basically how you do that is you just uh, message us directly and we'll uh, be able to um, sort you out with some merchandise, really. So we've got um some t-shirts we've got some pin badges uh, and we're hoping to get some well we've ordered some more wristbands because you know the wristbands just you know went so quickly um, so it's amazing to have that support really but um, yeah so that's how people can get them you know just get in touch with our um social media i've got an email and you just order by that for now uh, until we find a way of um using an interactive shop which i'm not I'm not sure I'll be able to get to that stage, but we'll see. <laughs> well, I, I hope you. I hope for the best, though, man. Um, you know, there are there are a number of LGBTQIA plus supporter groups for English clubs, and we're seeing more and more pop up, which is fantastic and a great way for fans to connect and push the needle of progress forward, as we've discussed here. Sport is for everyone, and the work you are doing is important for the group and the groups that do showcase that. So what are some of the ways that you do it? Like, how do you get your community and, you know, and do you connect with other LGBTQ plus groups of other teams and do events together uh, ahead of matches or just, you know, um, meet up at, you know, like a pub or something like what, what are some of the events that you do? Yeah, definitely. I think that, well, how I refer to all, all the LGBTQ plus groups is, we're a family and that's how it feels, you know, um, I've made some really nice friends along the way. Um, you know, we've been to conferences and, and days where, you know, really kind of, I remember one in Manchester a few years back where it was, you know, we had a day where we all connected together, you know, and um, there was some really inspirational um, sports people that, you know, obviously identify in, in the community. And it was a really positive, really happy, you know, really um, amazing day. Um, in terms of, you know, the events, yeah, um, we do um, try and meet up with fan groups before matches um, and arrange things like that. Because um, I think that as, 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 as a, no matter what club you support, we're all trying to push for the same thing. And like I say, we're just like a family, really. And it's nice to have that. Um, Fantastic. So, you know, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, I, th I think that that social element of it and, and being able to, you know, connect and, and actually connect with people that are like you, you know, it's really refreshing um, because they can relate to the experiences that maybe you have on the terraces. And it's, it's just a special, special connection really, if that makes sense. Um, and like I said, I, I have made friends um, with various um, people up and down the country um, at different fan groups. And we're always actively encouraging people to, 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 to set their own up and we're always there for each other you know even if it's you know on social media you know we, we all we all connect with each other on there and we're always there to, for each other and you know and it, we you know ideas bounce off each other of course they do so um 
but we, we create ideas for each other, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it's great. I, I absolutely love it. Beautiful. You know, when you're sitting on the terrace or standing on the terrace, because I mean, if you're like me and a fan of, at a sporting <laughs> event, you're, you know, it's, you want to be on your feet the whole time. We don't, um, don't sit down at football matches. Yeah, I know. You know what? I'm spoiled yeah. here in America, man. Like this is what it, it's weird. It's like you know, we go, we have like a beer, and we we sit a little bit. You know, depending on where you're sitting, of course. You know, again, yeah. like you know, the the one of the New York teams plays in a baseball stadium, so it's a bit odd to be standing. Um, so we're still sorting it all out. It's all, and they're the champions of the league, so it's wonderful. But you know, we're. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, but you, when you're at the terrace, whether you're sitting or standing, when, when you're at the terrace and you're overlooking that arena and that stadium and your team on the field and your family, as you said, around you, like, what is that? Like, what is that emotion that you're feeling? Like, or you just not think about it? Because a lot of this, you know, there are kids and there are people your age and there are people older than you that are a proud terrier and that's all and are able to enjoy a match in a safe place because of what you started like you ever get like a sensation of pride around yeah i really do actually yeah i really do i I think that you know um like i'm always so you know thankful for the people that have supported me along the way and really shown their support you know the fan the fan base as a whole has been really positive. So yeah, uh, you could say that, you know, people that support me are dotted around the ground. It's nice to be, you, you know, um, in and around that. It, it, it's great. It's a special feeling. It really is. And I think that obviously players as well, you know, showing support as well. You know, in the past, um, most recently, um, a player that um, plays in the first team every week, Harry Toffolo, um, showed his support recently for us, for the... Um, yeah, and you know he stood up on MB Council and said, you know, look, what I support what you do, and 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 that that means a lot to me as well. So having that support from fans and having that support from from players, it kind of gives the element of, you know, I I stand there proud of who I am on the terraces, and I want to inspire the next generation to be able to be their true authentic self, and and I want to I want to kind of help them along the way in that journey as well, and and I think that part of the group is offering that safe space to, for people that may not entirely feel comfortable going to, you know, they've never been to football, they've, they've never been to a town match before, for example, but they want to get involved, but they feel too intimidated to get in, into an environment like that. We offer that safe space for people to be able to, to, to feel able to come together and, 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 you know, and make new friends. And, and like I say, again, I, I go back to it, you know, be, you know, be able to socialize with people that, can relate to you know things that you maybe go through in terms of you know the the experiences of you know homophobia um not just in a football stadium but outside as well um but yeah i, I hope that it really helps and empowers people to, to to be themselves ultimately because i know that there's a lot of doom and gloom about you know the, the amount of homophobia that is in the game at the moment but people you know I, I want to create that safe space where kind of just, yeah, keep pushing for that change, but kind of say, you know, we've got that safe space for you here and we will stand there and be counselled and we will, we will not be put off by 
the issues that you know that we face in football kind of thing so it's kind of making a statement so being a part of that uh, may 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 help them along the way but yeah <laughs> great i mean you know there's an ocean in between us because i really want to high five you right now I, but i can't you know <laughs> we're uh we're too far away on the globe but you know what you're doing is fantastic um there's an initiative i want to talk about which we saw this past season and i believe the season prior which and it's um rainbow laces what is rainbow laces and how is proud terriers involved so rainbow laces is um you know the every season um they dedicate a time where it's kind of raising that awareness, you know, um, and obviously we promote that. We, um, we, um, in the, um, so basically we had our little own stall that we, we get laces from um, a charity called Stonewall. I don't know if you know much about Stonewall, but yes. Stonewall Stonewall FC. Yeah. Um, uh, no, that's the football club, but I'm on about oh. the organization as a whole. Um, so obviously Stonewall FC, I part of Stonewall, but Stonewall, um, are actually a charity as well that do amazing things to you know for to push for change really, um, so they they, they kind of have this dedicated game that every, quite a lot of clubs get involved in, where you you know where you, you'll see players wearing the rainbow armband you'll you'll see the corner flags you know change to rainbow, um, the players are you know offered the opportunities to wear the laces, um, I know that a few of our individuals this year wore them which was fantastic. Um, and yeah, it's a real, real, you know, it's really, it, you know, that visibility and that raising awareness is so important and, and things like this really means a lot, you know, um, so it kind of just brings that visibility to, you know, people that are in sport, that are LGBTQ+, plus, um, raising awareness around their own experiences, what they've had, um, and, you know, the, the, the motto this year was lace up and speak up. So it's kind of encouraging people to wear the lace, show the support, but also I think a massive part is speaking up as well in terms of when you do hear things that maybe you, you, you know, think, well, hang on a minute, I think that's kind of a bit inappropriate. I'm just going to call it out if you could say so. I think that's important because it's not always easy though. I appreciate that. And I know that, you know, I don't know what it's like in America, but we have our own um, reporting lines here. So at each individual stadium will be like a reporting line where you can text, um, you know, the stand you're in, the seat number you're in and things like that. And they'll deal with the inc incident there and then if you wow. text that. So that, that has really helped push people to feel more able to report things. And because I think it's very daunting, you know, in football to, to, to actually call it out, you know, like verbally, you on your if you if you're with a group then it might be easier but it's really it's really hard to really call call fans out really to me uh, depends really how confident you are but to me it is really daunting so having that option of reporting it via different platforms um really helps so really stonewall is a real positive thing that happens um and just just raise awareness really and and, and you know what you, you know and like like I was saying, um, we had our own stall outside the ground, giving laces out and uh, having really positive um, conversations with our fan base. Um, you know, it's amazing how much how many people that you once having once they have the opportunity to maybe come and speak to you, speak to you, they actually will come and you know and really have that nice conversation with you. So 
having something like that means a lot, you know. Um, so it, it kind of, it, it, it's really iconic rainbow laces and it makes a massive difference. But I feel like the governing bodies have to do more to, all year round because I've kind of had this view about, you know, rainbow laces and um, there's another initiative actually in the football calendar in England, um, Football v Homophobia. Mm-hmm. which is coming up actually in February. <laughs> and um, they are great, but, and I know that they, do, they continue to do their work all year round as well, but we also need the governing bodies to do things all year round as well. Um, and that's where the change needs to happen here. Um, but these initiatives really make a massive difference to me. And it, it, we, as on social media, we kind of promote what we do, you know, promote, you know, it's so amazing and empowering to hear stories that you see that, that come out within the month of the um, of the Rainbow Laces campaign month. Um, so we share, you know, different stories. Um, it's really empowering and really inspiring to hear people's stories. And it really opens people's eyes and educates people about what it's like to be, you know, LGBTQ plus in, in, in sport, in football, you know, whatever, you know, sport you follow. Um, and that's massive. I say that the two things that are the most important is education and raising awareness. And that's two things that are always on the top of my mind and are always the things that we look to actively do um, every day by, you know, being visible, you know, promoting positive stories, you know, doing our own work, you know, getting out into the community, sharing our journey with, you know, our local colleges and schools and things like that, really. So, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Ryan, I mean, what you're doing is so important. What your what Proud Terriers is doing is important, and it's and it's a drop in the bucket. And hopefully, more drops come that that bucket overflows. And you know, again, we have this conversation in a couple of years from now, um, and it's and it's better. You know, yeah, um, that's definitely the aim to, to keep pushing. You know, because we are getting there. Like I say, and I feel like. It may be a slow progression, but that's better than nothing. And and um, I kind of long for the day that, not that, you know, I long for the day that actually things have actually changed for the better. Um, and I feel it, I feel able to, you know, go to games without that sense of fear, if you get what I'm saying, because I do, I, I still to this day, you know, I, I do have that sense of fear within going to football. I know that's kind of strange, Wow. Maybe, maybe in terms of people may say, ask me then, well, why do you go? Well, I want to keep empowering people and I want to stand there and be calm and say, I will not be, I will not, I will not move away from the spot I love because of, of people that make my experience maybe uncomfortable at times. Um, so I live in that fear. I live, I live in that, but I, I long for the, for the day that I don't have to live, live in fear kind of thing. And, you know, um, I think, I don't know if you've got time, but I'll tell you a quick story about, yeah. we've got our own um, Proud Terry's flag, uh, which is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> um, and the media, te- the media team at the football club actually helped us with that, actually, uh, which really appreciate it. And they did an amazing job. I really like it. Um, and I still, you know, at, at first when I started this journey, I, I was... I used to take the game to flag because I, I, I usually like to put it out, you know, and show that visibility as well. Um, so I usually like to put it out on the seats um, if there is any spare. Um, but, but I'd always used to take it, but I didn't have the courage 
to be able to get the flag out. Not because I was embarrassed about what I was doing, but because I felt fearful of my safety, really. You know, and I still have that today, to be honest with you. I, I feel like I still have I still have that edginess around getting the flag out and what people will say and things like that. So it's difficult, you know. Um, and like I said, I've had very, you know, very other, you know, other experiences that I've faced in football um, that have been really difficult. And I just want to keep being that voice of people that don't have a voice, you know, and I want to keep inspiring and, and keep doing what I do and, 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 and just welcoming people into the game of football, especially at town here, um, and be able to feel like they can come to games because... I've had various, you know, I've had various contact with fans, you know, and, and you know, I remember a few months back now, and and kind of um, this, um, well, I was kind of speaking to um, the the um, the mum of a son that was kind of coming to terms with his sexuality, mm-hmm. and he kind of, you know, obviously she told him about the group that that that, that was running at, at, at the club and and how. You know, and he kind of said, I didn't really feel like there was a place for, for me in football, but I feel encouraged by going to games now because of, you know, the group. I can't tell you how much pride and that, how much that meant to me, you know. And it just filled me with so much emotion, you know, because what I do is with, is from within. I'm so passionate about this and and I believe firmly what I'm doing is is pushing for change as well as all the other fan groups that are making a massive difference as well. We just want to be able to go to games and not have to experience these negative things that we do. Right. I mean, no one should, you know, that's, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, I think a lot of cis folks take for granted. Um, And, you know, I I hope that that fear lifts. Yeah. I know it's easier said than done, (laughs) but I hope that that fear lifts from you because knowing that you have an entire family behind you, not just in those stands, or at any stadium, but in your town, in your area, in your country, you know, there, as you said, like all these groups have come together. It's sort of like the Avengers, you know, like um, you've all have come together and it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And I hope that it changes for the better for, for you and for everyone else. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we, we are, you know, it's, you know, to have allies like yourself and people and things like that, like I say, it does make a massive difference. Like I said earlier, and um, we just we we you know my my work my hard work will never stop for this because I you know like I say I do believe passionately about what I'm doing, of course, and that's why I set up the group and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, um, and I I do it because I see the issues that you know football faces. You know. Being from that community, I see it more. Um, right. you, you know, you know, someone that may, you know, like I say, someone that is not from the community may not necessarily understand the experience that we have to go through. But that's where the education comes in. And that's where the awareness comes in. Um, and we, you know, having support from the fans um, that sit around me is great and amazing. But it, it's the minority of fans that ruin it if you could say so and really tarnish that and I, and I think that's why we hope that you know people will you know start to become more inclusive if you could say so instead of 
you know, the language that you hear on the terraces at the moment, you know, it's just like, wow. So, you know, some people may not realize they're being offensive, but some people are just plain ignorant, you know? So it's kind of two scales of that as well. But right. the language that is used in, in football, you know, you know, what I hear week in, week out, it, it, it's kind of, yeah, kind of staggering really that, you know, that it's, kind of accepted and, 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 and it's just not acceptable really and football has to take this seriously now and I, I think we are getting there with that but before you know where where I felt like it's kind of changed slightly was that it did used to be kind of brushed under the carpet more than it is now but now we seem to be seeing more actions taking place in terms of um, you know people obviously uh, being found guilty of you know homophobia you know um, and actually action has actually been taken from that rather than just, you know, hearing about something and then not, not, not hearing anything about what's happened, which means basically nothing. So, you know, that action is there now. Um, but yeah, uh, we just need the governing bodies help here with this. And we, we, we need, we need them to have, you know, at the top of their list really, because we, you know, we can see that it is a massive issue. So we need, you know, we need to do something about it. And the fan, you know, the fan groups that obviously that we have over in England, you know, are, are doing are doing a massive difference. But we need some, some, you know, people higher up to to to, to make the difference as well. And then we can, you know, connect that thing, you know. Absolutely. You know, this is uh, this is usually the point where I like bring up the really fun part of the uh, of the interview. Um, this has been completely enlightening and, you know, and just, and just so important. And I, and I cannot thank you enough for, for coming on and just, and just chatting and just letting us know your story um, and being vulnerable and, and letting the people that are going to hear this, hear this, you know, and I hope that if someone's out there, you know, that is listening to this and needs help or is, is concerned, um, how can they get in touch with Proud Terriers? Yeah, so we're on our social media pages. So if you do type Proud Terriers into um, Facebook, Instagram, and um, Twitter, you'll find us there. Or if you want to drop us an email, um, it's proudterriers08 at gmail.com. Um, we're always happy to, 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 to support anybody, really. And, you know, we, we appreciate that everybody's at different stages. So obviously the confidentiality side of it, you know, we don't go outing people or we don't go to, you know, we are respectful of the situation that we, you know, if, if people come in and say, you know, I want to be part of the group, but I don't want to appear on the media side of things. And so I, we, we accept that and we, we, we find a way that, you know, you don't have to be part of the media to, to be involved. You can just simply come to games and, and connect with us, you know, via our uh, meeting points before games. You know, like I said, we always meet before games um which um ironically we've got a game tonight which i'm very much looking forward to so um, uh, we're at home against stoke city so it'd be nice to uh, catch up with a few uh, familiar faces and uh, and yeah i'm really looking forward to the match so yeah that's how you how you can connect with us um don't be afraid to drop us a message um we're always happy to support we're always well, you know, we're a friendly bunch, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to gather that from this interview. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're, let's have some fun now. Let's, let's play my favorite part of the interview. Now time for a coffee break. 
Curva Mundial is sponsored by Mod Cup Coffee in Jersey City. But you can get it anywhere in the world from ModCup.com. ModCup, drink modern coffee. Use code MUNDIAL for 10% off your first order. So these are three questions I ask every person uh, that appears on this podcast. And, you know, and you can answer, um, pretend as if money is not an option here. Okay. So question one is, is that if you can bring back one retired player from your club or former player from your club, alive or dead, who would it be and why? That was a good question. <laughs> um, well, I would have to say I would, I would love to um, bring back Andy Booth from retirement. I know that I mentioned him earlier on, how I idolised him growing up, but unfortunately I saw him at the back end of his career. So I didn't actually see him at his prime, if you could say so. I, was, I wasn't even born then. So um, I want to, um, I, I would love to see Andy Booth in his prime, even though it was amazing uh, when I saw him play live. But yeah, definitely Andy Booth for me. Um, a club legend and he'll always have a place in, in my heart, to be honest with you, because of the support he showed um, for the group and just for the type of person he is and for the legendary status, you know, what he brought to the club and the history that, you know, he's really a Huddersfield lad that wants to do well and he, and he achieved his dreams. So, yeah, that's, that's definitely clear and obvious for me. <laughs> awesome. You know, if your club could sign one player today, Again, money is not an issue here. We we have a, we live in a fantasy world where there is an infinite <laughs> amount of cash. So, if your club could sign one player today, who would it be and why? I would say um, this is a no-brainer for me again. <laughs> um, Lionel Messi. I'm sure you've heard of that bloke. Um, I think I know him. I think I know. Him. <laughs> I think he's for me. He's the best player in the world for me. I know this is a debate that's ongoing, and we all say. You know, who's better, Ronaldo or, or, or Messi? But, I w- you know, what Messi does is truly incredible. He's a magician. And to, to see to see, I'm living in a fantasy world, but we can live in a fantasy world. Yes, now. that's exactly it. No, this, this, is, this is the fun part. I told you, man. Like, this is, this is where it gets to be. Like, this is all smiles. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, to see Messi pull on the, blue, the famous blue and white stripes would be pretty much a big dream. Um, I'm a big fan of his, and um, I've always wanted to see him live as well. Ironically, I haven't actually had that chance yet. But um... same, yeah. I've you know what's interesting is is that I have the lately as I've gotten older and I've seen. I'm not going to say that Messi and Ronaldo are in the twilight of their careers, but they're they're not. They're still unbelievable. I think they're both aliens. I, I'm not convinced either one of them is human, um, but. You know, we're not seeing the brute intensity and force that we saw when they were going head to head in La Liga. And I pinch myself now that, man, what a special time. And it got muddled by this kind of juvenile debate amongst like who's better, one or the other. It's just like, let's just appreciate this magic that we're seeing because we don't know when we're ever, ever going to get anything like this. And, and that yeah and it's like i've seen ronaldo play for both united and madrid live when they've come to new york and it's i mean there's just there's just 
there's no words. And yeah. I've and unfortunately, every time Messi has come to New York, there's been an issue where, I, you know, and it's not often that he comes, but um, there's been an issue where I, or a conflict where I've not been able to see it. But, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, my wife does love Paris. So and maybe this is a, the, the most perfect excuse to get yeah, to the yeah, city yeah. of light. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, that's what, I'd love to go to Paris, but I've always wanted, I've always said that um, Messi keeps being linked with the Premier League here in England. And I'm like, yeah, please come over and I'll, I'll happily just come and watch you one time and just witness your greatness. I'm quite, quite happy with that. But I think I might have to do the same, to be honest with you, if he doesn't come to England. Because uh, I've always wanted, I've never been to Paris. Um, so I would love to go. So, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> awesome. And final question here is, what has been your favorite moment as a fan? Um, this is a no-brainer as well. I love these questions. Um, <laughs> that famous day at Wembley Stadium, um, which we haven't actually touched upon in this episode. Um, um, when we so let's touch upon it now. Let's let's let's, <laughs> talk about it now. let's talk about it now. Yeah. Um, so the um, championship playoff final when we got promoted to the Premier League was by by far the best day of my life. I, the emotions, the ro- the emotional roller coaster that that game took me on was just incredible. Um, you know, obviously, I don't know if you saw the match, but obviously it went all the way to um, penalties. Uh, and my emotions, as you can tell, was absolutely, of, um, yeah, I, I was just, yeah, it was just an emotional roller coaster. And then um, I remember it actually being a really lovely hot day as well. Um, and uh, that was the day that I, that dreams came true, if you could say so, because I never, ever thought I'd see my team in the top division and it actually came true and when it actually happened when that winning penalty went in with the legend that is Chris Schindler who will always always be remembered at the club um I kind of felt what is actually happening is is this is this actually real it was like that surreal moment yeah (laughs) um the euphoric the absolutely euphoric emotions that I felt oh I, I can't put it into words words don't do it justice but it was the best day of my life and, 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 and it's a memory that I'll obviously remember forever. And then obviously going into the Premier League and, and seeing teams that come to the Johnson Stadium that I never ever thought that I'd see, you know, the likes of Harry Kane rocking up and, and Mo Salah rocking up and, and you, you know, just these star-studded names coming to the John Smiths. Um, it just felt, yeah, it's been... <laughs> Yeah, I'm speechless. <laughs> so yeah, um, so yeah, that that's the answer to the question with a bit of detail about that day. But uh, yeah, what a special day! Awesome, um, yeah. awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for giving me your time and telling me a story. And more importantly, thank you for all that you do um and the good work that the proud terriers are doing uh salute everyone for me and you know i hope uh if i ever make it across the pond having us be in west yorkshire we can catch a match together yeah no problem like i say thank you so much for having us on um for you to give me this platform to be able to speak about what i do means a lot to me inside and 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 and, you know i i just feel really appreciative right now of that so uh, i I'd like to say, obviously, thank you to you. And, and, and yeah, um, it'd be great if you uh, made a trip. I don't know why you'd not want to come to West Yorkshire. It's <laughs> best to have Yorkshire for, for, for a start. And 
we could, you know, go to our, you know, we could, I could welcome you in at the Huddersfield Stadium. We can go to a match. So let, let's good. meet. <laughs> Done deal. Follow us on Twitter at Curva Mundial Pod and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.